Kyiv or Kiev? Beijing or Peking? Mumbai or Bombay? Iraq or Iraq? Or the proper pronunciation of Chupatulas or Cuyahoga? How we pronounce a name can say a lot about us and what we think about others. Hi, I'm Milton Allen Turner, and this week I'm discussing the importance of names and how their mispronunciation can be viewed as political as well as acts of aggression. Welcome to this week's episode of Worldviews. The 20th and 21st centuries have brought about what appears to be a rapid change in places and place names. Chinese pinyin transcriptions replaced the traditional or Wade Giles transliterations of cities such as Peking and Canton and replaced them with Beijing and Guangzhou. The Indian cities of Bombay and Madras and Calcutta became Mumbai, Chennai, and Calcutta. Most often, these changes were made to resemble their original pronunciations more closely or to distance them from colonial or imperial pasts. In late January of this year, NPR decided to officially adapt on the air the pronunciation of Kyiv as the capital of the Ukraine to more closely resemble the way it's pronounced in Ukrainian. NPR had already changed the spelling from K-I-E-V in 2019 to K-Y-I-V to more closely resemble the original Ukrainian. All Things Considered host, Mary Louise Kelly, on her way to Kiev, reported in a tweet last month, For those asking, NPR goes with the Ukrainian spelling and pronunciation, not Russian, wherever possible, when reporting on the Ukraine. So Kiev, not Kiev. The correct pronunciation of a place can show a sense of belonging. Many visitors to New Orleans have trouble pronouncing Chupatula Street. Here in Cleveland, we tend to pronounce the name of our county and the name of our most prominent river in different ways, even though they're spelled the same. Most natives will say Cuyahoga County, but we'll say the Cuyahoga River. Pronunciations or more aptly, mispronunciations, tend to carry very pointed and political meanings. They can explicitly mark someone as an outsider. Or even worse, mispronunciations can imply that the place or the people are not important enough to know by their proper names. Referring to Iraq as Iraq, or Iran is Iran, often conveys a hostility towards these countries or their leaders. President George Herbert Walker Bush in the 1990s would often refer to the country of Iraq and as President Saddam Hussein, while most journalists and diplomats 
pronounce the country as Iraq and referred to his president as Saddam Hussein. In the early 2000s, there was a push by some journalists and diplomats to pronounce the name of the country Qatar as Gutter. While many ignored this attempt, some derided it by joking, don't they even know how to pronounce the name of their own country? Well, of course the Qatari know how to pronounce their own country. The problem is that we, American English speakers, can't pronounce the name of their country. There are two big problems with pronouncing Qatar in English. The first is that an English speaker here in Qatar would probably not recognize the word. Second, it's because there are two consonants that don't exist in English. The first is the k sound, a voiceless uvular stop. It's kind of like the English K, but instead of raising your tongue to the back of the soft palate, k, it goes farther back of the mouth and touches the uvula, k, the little bulby thing that hangs down in the back of your mouth that stops liquid and coke from going up into your nose when you drink. This k sound is less explosive in English than the k, which is why it's sometimes perceived as a g, the g. The second letter, t, is not the regular dental T or alveolar T that we would hear in English or French, although these sounds do exist in Arabic. It's what's called alveolarized or dark T, T. Instead of touching the teeth, or instead of touching the back of the teeth or the alveolar ridge, the bumpy ridge right behind your teeth on the hard palate, with the tip of your tongue, the tip of the tongue is placed lower Behind the lower teeth, and the middle blade of the tongue touches the back of the teeth. Hence, the pronunciation is cutter as opposed to cutter. Since we English speakers don't perceive the uvula stop or doc stops, some started suggesting that gutter might be a more acceptable pronunciation the easier for us to pronounce and understand. In 2014, President Barack Obama was often criticized for often referring to the Islamic extremist group Daesh as ISIL instead of ISIS. In Arabic, Daesh is an acronym for Al-Dawlu al-Islamiya fi al-Sham, as NBC's Chuck Todd explained, ISIS stands for the Islamic State in Iraq and Syria, a designation that could indicate the best way to combat the group is to take them on both militarily in both of these countries. ISIL stands for the Islamic State in Iraq and in the Levant. The Levant is a larger area of the Middle East that actually includes Lebanon and Jordan in addition to Syria. But since the Obama administration has shown a much more willingness to attack ISIS in Iraq than they have to attack them in Syria, they seem to have decided that it's in their best interests 
to leave the S out of the name. On the morning of September 8th, 2014, then commentator Donald Trump ominously claimed on Fox and Friends that, quote, there's a reason why the president refers to ISIL, unquote. But he declined to reveal what that reason was. The implication is that ISIL was somehow more Islamic or less American, even though the Arabic pronunciation is Daesh. Besides showing whether one is an insider or an outsider, sometimes words and their pronunciations have been used for deadly purposes. We use the word shibboleth to describe something that distinguishes one group or culture from another. The word shibboleth comes from a passage in the Hebrew Bible in Judges, book 12, verses 5 through 6. The word shibboleth means that part of a plant that contains grain. The people from Gilead pronounced the word as shibboleth, beginning with the SH sound, like in shoe. But the people from Ephraim pronounced the word sibboleth, beginning with the S sound, like in so. And to quote the Bible passage, And the Gileites took the passages of Jordan before the Ephraimites. And it was so, that when those Ephraimites, which were escaped, said, Let me go over, that the men of Gilead said unto them, Art thou an Ephraimite? If he said, Nay, then said they unto him, Say now Shibboleth. And he said, Sibboleth for he could not frame to pronounce it right. Then they took him and slew him at the passages of the Jordan. And there fell at the time of the Ephrites 40 and 2,000. Dominican dictator Rafael Trujillo reportedly ordered his troops to use a similar linguistic test against Haitians emigrating from the western part of the island. Supposedly, they would show a sprig of parsley to suspected Haitians and ask them to identify it. The Spanish word for parsley is perejil, which contains the trilled R and the fricative jota, two sounds that are particular to Spanish. The French word, however, is persil, which contains the uvular R, particular to French and to German. Like the biblical Ephraimites, Haitians, unable to pronounce the word correctly, were killed. And this slaughter of over 10,000 Haitians in October 1931 is often referred to as the Parsley Massacre. Names and their proper pronunciation should not be taken lightly. Punita Chaba Rice wrote in a 2017 Education Week article entitled, Pronouncing Students' Names Correctly Should Be a Big Deal. Quote, Mutilating someone's name is an act of bigotry. And Adam Louine Perez, a teacher who created the online series Project Bronx, 
suggests that mispronouncing a student's name fails to establish an environment of trust and sends the message that perseverance is not important and communicates disrespect. Even the National Education Association reports that minimizing the significance of getting a name right is a kind of microaggression, an everyday act of discrimination. Rice also noted that students often reported that, quote, they didn't feel teachers understood them or their cultures or knew how to say their names. And the importance of pronunciation goes beyond any one background or culture. It's important for all students, no matter where they're from. As human beings, we all make mistakes. And we won't always pronounce names correctly. But the first step is caring enough to ask how a name should be pronounced. And the second is showing the fact that we respect one another enough to make the attempt to at least try to say it correctly. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show and that you found something in it to spark a deeper conversation leading to greater understanding. I'm Milton Allen Turner, and I invite you to join me again next week for more Worldviews.